Within the Geek Cave, there lives a sarcastic woman who jumped the snark years ago. With her cynicism talisman forever upon her neck, she guides you through the cinematic wasteland. It's time for the more than monthly movie review from the GRD Cinemistress, Carol the Cat. Hello, wonderful humans. This is the Cinemistress. And I don't have a specific review set up for today. I was going to open up my letterbox and do a rapid-fire rundown of a bunch of films that I've watched throughout the year that I did not record full reviews for. I'm going to try and do this with as limited editing as possible, so if I have some pauses and some stumbles, bear with me. I'm going to rate everything 0 to 5 stars, and there will be no spoilers. So let's jump into things with Shazam! Fury of the Gods. This was a kind of disappointing sequel to Shazam, which was a movie that I truly enjoyed. The worst thing about this one was Zachary Levi, unfortunately, who didn't seem to realize that Billy Batson had aged five years in between movies and was still portraying him as a 13-year-old. In this one, the Shazamily are fighting the Daughters of Atlas, and I was far more interested in the other members of his family than I was in Shazam. It's not horrible, but it's not great. I would give it 2.5 stars. Next up, Evil Dead Rise. This is the latest in the Evil Dead franchise. And in this one, the Deadites are released into a Los Angeles apartment building. It's nice to see the Deadites again, and this has some decent effects and some really good gore, but I kind of missed Ash. Still a worthy entry in the franchise, and I'm going to give Evil Dead Rise a 3.25 stars. Next up, Renfield. This has Nicholas Holtz playing Renfield and Nicholas Cage playing Count Dracula. This is set in modern times. I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was funny and very charming. I just wish it had a lot more Nicolas Cage in it, because he is truly delightful as Dracula. But I'm going to give this one 3.5 stars. Next up is Bo is Afraid. Only director Ari Aster could get a production company to give him millions of dollars to create a three-hour epic on his mommy issues. This stars Joaquin Phoenix as Bo, who is afraid of everything, but mostly his mother. This is an absurdist comedy, one that makes you wonder if what is happening on screen is actually happening, or if it's just all in Bo's head. I found this movie incredibly funny, and I thought Phoenix's performance was fantastic. However, it is overly long. There's a 25-minute animated segment in the middle of this that probably should have been cut, but it's also my favorite part of the movie, so... I don't know. I liked this probably more than your average moviegoer. I would give it four stars, but I can absolutely see where people would hate this and consider it pretentious nonsense, particularly once they get to the monster in the attic. Next up, Cocaine Bear. This was a disappointment to me. I didn't find it nearly as funny as everybody else seemed to. I think it would have been funnier if they had played this absolutely straight. Either way, I'd give this two stars. I just wasn't all that impressed. Next up, The Little Mermaid. This is the live-action Disney remake. I thought I had done a review for this, but uh, no, I apparently talked about it on a different podcast and neglected to do a review. As far as Disney live-action remakes go, this one's not bad. I like that they added a bunch of depth to the Ariel and Eric relationship. I thought the lead performance was really good. However, a lot of the special effects here are really muddy, and everything dealing with Ursula was terrible. In particular, the final battle scene, which was almost unwatchable. Also, the new songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda really don't fit in with the Howard Ashman songs, so they kind of stand out. 
I'd give this one three stars. Like I said, for a live-action remake, it's not bad. I wish Disney would stop doing these, but they make too much money, so they're going to continue. Next up is Asteroid City. This is the latest film by Wes Anderson. Okay, so hear me out. In this movie, there is a play called Asteroid City, and what we're seeing on the screen when it's in color is a visual representation of what is happening in that play, but then it'll switch to black and white, and that is a documentary about the behind the scenes of the play, and the play is about a fictionalized city called Asteroid City, where a youth astronomy club are holding their annual conference. Also, there's an alien. Does that sound like a Wes Anderson film? Because this is the most Wes Anderson of Wes Anderson's films. I love Wes Anderson, so I love this. I love the desaturated color scheme of the depictions of the play. I love the black and white behind the scenes documentary. And damn, I love those three little girls. If you do not like Wes Anderson, you're going to hate this movie. If you like Wes Anderson, you're probably going to love this movie. I'm going to give it 4.25 stars. I love this film, but I, I do recognize there's probably too many characters. And the premise is kind of meta. Next up was Haunted Mansion, and boy, what a depressing movie this was. Nothing like putting a bunch of grief, loss, and suicidal thoughts into your family film. In this, a single mom moves into a haunted mansion and then hires a paranormal investigator to get rid of the ghosts, only the paranormal investigator is kind of a fake, but the ghosts are very real. I liked all of the actors in this, but boy, this just was not a fun film. And it hinges on a character not telling everyone around her a very important piece of information that she had absolutely no reason to keep secret. And I hate that trope in movies. Everything here would have been solved much earlier if this piece of information had been conveyed. I'm giving this two stars. I just did not have fun at this movie. Next up is Talk To Me. This was actually a fun horror movie. A group of friends have a hand where if you grab the hand and say, Talk to me, a demon will possess you for about a minute. If you go longer than the allotted time, you run the risk of damaging yourself or having that demon stay. Naturally, one of the kids accidentally goes beyond the time limit and all hell breaks loose. The story may not be all that original, but the acting was great and the special effects were amazing, and I really liked this one. It was kind of fun and kind of fresh. I give this 3.75 stars. Yeah, I like that one a lot. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. This tells the tale of Dracula crossing the sea into London um, and what happened to the crew of the ship that his coffin was being ferried on. This was a pretty fun little movie. The creature was interesting to look at, although you only see him in the rain, so that tells me that some of the effects aren't all that great. You kind of know going into this that almost everyone in the cast is going to die because of the nature of the film, so I treated this kind of as a slasher film on the seas. And as such, I enjoyed it quite a bit. They did leave this open for a sequel. I don't know if they're going to get that, but uh, I wouldn't mind seeing another one of these. I gave this 3.5 stars. It's probably closer to 3.75. Next up was Blue Beetle. Um, this is another DC movie. I haven't read any of the Blue Beetle comics here. He's battling the Scarab. This was an above-average superhero movie, but not that much above-average. I enjoyed it. I liked the cast. The characters were kind of fun. I gave this one 3.25 stars. Next up is Polite Society. This is a delightful comedy where Rhea, a martial artist in training, tries to save her sister from a disastrous marriage. Needless to say, chaos with a Bollywood flair ensues. I actually had fun at this, and uh, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. 
Next up, No One Will Save You. This is a really interesting film where there is no dialogue. Aliens invade the home of this girl, and she tries to get rid of the aliens. Um, this is kind of an interesting film. There is literally no dialogue. She says a couple of things to herself through the course of the film, but there's no actual spoken dialogue. Also has a very interesting ending that I'm not sure about. I gave this one a 3.75. It's probably closer to a 4. I actually really enjoyed this. It's an interesting concept. Well done. Next up is To Catch a Killer, which I rated 2.5 stars. I have to tell you, I do not remember this film at all. I probably watched it because it stars Ben Mendelsohn, and I kind of love Ben Mendelsohn, but I don't remember this film at all. I gave it a very middle-of-the-road ranking, so I guess it was okay. Next up is The Creator. This is directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed Rogue One, one of my favorite Star Wars films. And this deals with a future war between the human race and a form of artificial intelligence. And this one guy goes to kill this weapon for the AI, and it ends up being a child, and he becomes a reluctant father. That's the problem with this movie. It is the reluctant father trope, which we've seen over and over and over and over in sci-fi. I'm not going to lie, this is a gorgeous film to look at. The special effects are amazing, and the performances are good. It's just that the story is so very unoriginal, and I've seen it so many different times that that really hampered my enjoyment of the film. I wanted to like this film so much more than I actually did. I gave it three stars. It is worth a watch, but just know that you've seen this story before. Next up is Meg 2, The Trench. I like the first Meg movie. It was goofy fun. This is just goofy. They've removed all the fun out of it. And the science here is Sharknado levels of stupid. I don't expect perfect science from my Meg movies, but when you have a creature that's been living underwater for millions of years, it's not just going to go topside and walk on legs that it still has. It Those legs would be gone. I was just real disappointed with how silly and stupid this film was, and I was really disheartened when I realized it was directed by Ben Wheatley, who has directed two of my, like, favorite cult horror films, Kill List and In the Earth. He's a talented director, and you wouldn't know it from this film. I gave this 1.5 stars. Next up is Past Lives. This is a quietly wonderful film about two Korean kids who connect as children, and then one of them immigrates to the United States, and one stays in Korea, and they connect again when they're young adults, and then they lose track of each other again, and they connect again 10 years later. And at that point, she is married, and he has just broken up with his girlfriend. And he comes to America to visit her, to thinking he might have a chance with her, but of course he doesn't because she's married. I'm not doing this film justice with that rundown. I'm making it sound like a cheesy romance, and it's not that. It's kind of a very introspective film about love and fate. And I really enjoyed it, and I gave it 4.5 stars. That'll probably be on my top 10 list of the year. And lastly, we have Bottoms, which is a raunchy teen comedy about a high school female fight club. This movie was raunchy, it was violent, and it was really funny. And I really enjoyed it, and I gave it 4 stars. And there you go. That is a rundown of a bunch of films I've seen throughout the year that I did not do full reviews on. I'll go back to full reviews tomorrow because I do have one film that I have seen that I have not reviewed. I'm saving that for tomorrow and I'm going to see a movie that I will review the next day. So, this is The Cinemistress signing off. 
Until next time. Now, where is my Christmas wine? GRD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 United States License. Come check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and hit up our website at geekradiodaily.com. Find more of Carol the Cat at guardiansofthegeekery.com and purplehairedpixie.com. 